Mindfulness Mode 329. When you start asking your body to go back to its design, then you start to reclaim the majesty of our body. It's magnificent. Hey, Mindful Tribe, great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. I'm Bruce Langford, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach here on Mindfulness Mode. And today's guest, this is an interesting story because I went to an event in, I think it was in Denver about four or five years ago, and that's where I met Erin. She's a healer. She's all about posture and being in your body in a comfortable healthy way if you know what that means and she was just a a wonderful person that I met there and then I went to San Diego as you know and was speaking there recently I think just I don't know two two three months ago and there she was after all this time and I got talking to her and I thought wow Erin would be a terrific guest for the show. I hope you agree with me. She's a healer, she's a yoga expert, and she's all about mindfulness, especially body mindfulness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with my friend Erin Birch. Hey Erin, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am almost always attempting to be in mindfulness mode. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You look so vibrant. You look happy. You look relaxed. And I can't wait to talk with you today. So the first question I always ask is this, Erin, what does mindfulness mean to you? Uh, That's a great question because, you know, mindfulness is one of those terms that sort of gets thrown around a lot these days. Yes, it does. Yeah. And mindfulness to me is is about deep connection to to whatever is going on. So it's about it's about being so present in in connection. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 then um, there's nothing else. There's no other subtext really. You know that's going on. There's there's no other conversation going on. There's just this like streamlined um very present connection to the to the moment i really like that and i want to talk more about that as the interview progresses but right now i want to share a little bit about you aaron with mindful tribe aaron birch is a healer and she's a healer with roots as a physical therapist and a yoga expert she's known as the body whisperer And if you're experiencing pain, she can quite simply give you your body back using her own system coined as the Birch Method. Her expertise goes back to a prolonged experience she had with her own body where she reversed a seemingly impossible, painful situation and she became a new pain-free woman. The brand new Aaron felt connected and empowered with a fresh sense of freedom. And with her clients, Aaron draws on the body's blueprint to create profound, lasting results. So this all sounds incredible. You must lead an incredible life, Aaron, <laughs> knowing that you've not only achieved this for yourself, but you help your clients to achieve it. And I want to go back to this experience you had 
when you were experiencing pain and it seemed like there was no hope. It seemed like you you just had no no choice. Tell us about that time in your life, Erin. Well, first of all, I was about um, I was about thirty five when when things really sort of came to a head, mm-hmm. um, and I, at that point in time, a couple of things were happening, and and when you say I was in pain, that's true, mm-hmm. and that wasn't the worst of it. Like mm-hmm. I used to think that pain was the worst thing, right? It's not. It's aging. <laughs> Aging is the worst thing. It's aging is the worst thing because it's a prison that you don't even know is kind of happening. It's the walls close in, you know, and, and you, and, and our nervous system doesn't pick up on slow, gradual um, threats. We just adapt to them. Okay. So what happened when you were 35, you realized you were experiencing that aging process? So a few years before that I'd, I'd been, I was pregnant I was in a car accident um, and the car accident necessitated two life-saving surgeries. And then a couple of years went by and um, and my, my, I had, I had a daughter in between there Mm -hmm. and um, the, the scar tissue from the surgeries started to like inhabit invade and actually create um a a web of um constricting tissue that pulled and pinned my pelvis back so far that the very first thing i noticed was my right foot wasn't really on the ground if you if you're standing and your pelvis is turned then then your foot will start coming with it oh and right, does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so yeah. you probably did not feel grounded then. <laughs> that's no. an understatement, right? <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. So my so my um my body was twisted. And if you know anything about bodies or you know, um, you know that that's not a sustainable situation. Like a couple of degrees works badly, but 20 or 30 degrees works really, really badly. And so mm-hmm. it, it started, my spine started to follow it. My hips started to follow it. And so things started to break down a lot. And mm-hmm. I was in a body that not only did I not recognize, but it was, it was like I had a thief um, that was stealing my, um, my vitality, my mobility and my youth. And I, and one day I was doing yoga and um instead of that delicious stretching experience that we all look forward to when we do yoga, I felt internal ripping. And Uh. that's when I knew that's when all the alarm bells went off because I, by that time I'd been a physical therapist for for 15 years. And I knew that the body doesn't rip unless there's no other choice. So it's kind of like when Thelma and Louise are driving off over the cliff, you know, decline is going to be swift and inevitable. (laughs) So that's, that's exactly what happened for me as I started to really, that's when the pain started to get worse. And I, I felt like I had a huge toothache in my right um, hip. Oh, wow. And, and things just went, they started to, to cycle down very badly. And, and I went to all kinds of people to try to help me to fix this because I figured somebody must know. Of course. But I was, I was actually in an old body. Like when, when things don't work, when you can't move, when they're stiff, when you hurt, that's descriptive of what people experience often in old age, not completely, but that's, 
that's kind of, you know, what we sort start to expect. But but nobody could fix it because nobody knew how to unravel this scar tissue. They didn't get the full extent of it. And then I was faced with two choices. Oh, I can either let myself get sucked into a future. I know I can't live because I love being able to move. I love being as fully alive as I can be. So that was not an option for me. And the only other option was for me to try to figure this out myself. I mean, I didn't know. And that's where mindfulness really started to um, be a tool that helped me to get into my body. Well, this is fascinating. So you connected with your body through mindfulness and you realized what you had to do and what did you have to do? Well, let me say a couple of things. One is I call it bodyfulness. <laughs> it's, it's applying mindfulness specifically to the body. Um, so when I, when I made the declaration that I was going to fix this no matter what, then shortly after that, a very good friend of mine who's a yogini um, said, you know, you can't think a thought and feel a sensation at exactly the same time. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. Is that true? And I checked it out and you can either kind of do one and kind of do the other, or you can go back and forth really quickly, but you can't, but there are separate entities. Like you, you're thinking mind and you're feeling body. And of course, awareness, awareness will jump both of those tracks, right? But because you can be aware of your thinking, which is mindfulness, or you can be aware of your body. So awareness will cross both of those thresholds, but the thinking mind and the feeling body are two separate things. So that gave me two amazing gifts. I mean, first of all, I don't know about you, but there have been times when I wanted to like get out of Dodge in terms of my mind. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, Wayne Dyer has a quote where he says, you know, it wasn't, there were times when it wasn't safe to walk down the streets of my own mind. And I really relate <laughs> to that, to that feeling of toxicity. Right. So yeah. that, that was like a get out of jail free card. But the, but the real gift for me was that I had this body situation that was getting worse by the day. And now I had a way in when I followed my sensation, I had a way to predictably and repeatedly get into my body where the problem actually was so that I could start to, you know, there's a law that says, you know, when you apply your awareness consistently to something, it will change. Right. Right. It's an impossibility to let your, to steep your awareness into something and not get something back. Like it, the word paying attention, like that's a commodity. The, mm. the fact that we use the word pay means that there's a commodity at work. Right. It's a currency, right? I never thought of that before. Yes. Pay attention. Pay yes. attention, which means you're giving your awareness, your attention. And that's, that's, that's a, something that, that it's a currency that starts to crack open whatever you, and it may take a while, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I mean, it's taken me, you know, a couple of decades to really unscramble, like sort of necklaces in a jewelry box. I've sort of unscrambled my, my, the, the rat's nest in my pelvis. Um, 
but so so it's like and i and i describe my my process as water on rocks again it's impossible to apply water consistently and not have the rocks change yes i want to know more about the birch method well uh, the birch method is founded on three really powerful pillars and the first one is alignment because alignment is like truth. <laughs> okay. You can't argue with alignment. It's just the strong truth is the strongest thing that we can communicate, right? It changes yes. like it it's it it stands alone. Alignment stands alone. When you deviate from the truth, <laughs> you need support for it. Yes. And then you need another another untruth to, you know, and then you need support for that. And then another, like, so that describes the compensation system in our body. If you deviate from alignment, you need support. I see. That it makes means, perfect sense. Yeah. And in fact, um, we actually create um, structures that will function as the support. So we're changing our architecture when we deviate from alignment. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So then our body is full of structures that are literally unnatural bridges between normal structures that will bind. And I learned this from my, my own experience and, I, and from working with people. So alignment is our strongest configuration. And when you start asking your body to go back to its design, then you start to reclaim the majesty of our body. It's magnificent, you know, but we forgot. And again, right. that's that slow moving tide that we call old age really is very much an illusion from my perspective. Mm. So the first pillar is alignment. What is number two? Alignment. So in terms of alignment, let me just say that I put things back where they belong and then I teach people how to keep them there. So the second one is attunement. Okay. And attunement is, you know, our body has a language and it's sensation. So it's talking to us all the time. And this is where I, re this was, this was the only tool that I had to begin with. I couldn't work on myself. Mm -hmm. I could, you know, I sort of was kind of trying to figure out the alignment piece from the inside, but the only way I knew it was through the attunement piece. So attunement is learning more, getting more fluent with the language, because if you know a language, you can negotiate your needs. If you don't know the language, you're powerless to do so. Mm. So I say to people, um, when you're in a car, in terms of how you are with relationship to your body, you're either in the, in the driver's seat, which is awesome. You can, you know, get where you want to go. If you don't, if you find someplace you don't want to go, you can go back. You have things at your disposal or you're in the trunk, which honestly is where most people are, Right. Okay, they don't, yeah. they don't know what's going on in their body. Not really. No, no, that's right. We're, yeah. we're just not aware. So many of us. Yes. Yeah. And we're just, we're living that disconnection. So 
um, if you knew what was going on and, and think about it like this, Bruce, like, this is cool. Like our nervous system, I used to think sensation was kind of on the surface, right? Right. Yes. But like, you know, you remember Jacques Cousteau? Yes. Okay. So he opened up a world underneath the, the surface of the ocean. Definitely. Right. And, and what this does is it opens up a world under the surface of your skin. Our nervous system goes practically everywhere. So we're bugged <laughs> from the inside out, right? We could listen in on any conversation. Our gallbladder could be, could be, you know, we could, we could figure out what was going on with our gallbladder. We could, you know, go to our joints. We could, we could, we could find out anything if we really were committed to do so. It's just that no one does this. And how would we start to do that? How would we approach it? What I said um, earlier when I was talking about my... Um, my, my story is that if you can't think a thought and feel a sensation at the same time, then it's, it's beginning to follow the thread of sensation in your body. So, you know, mindfulness will often bring you to your breath and that's always a good place to start. But then if you have a place that's bothering you or you want more information about you, you know, we're used to so much disconnection with our body. But when you focus on sensation, not from your head, but really allowing your, your awareness to get eye level with whatever's happening, right? Really steeping your awareness and get very curious. <laughs> right. Like, what am I feeling? And what else am I feeling? And then what, 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 how, where does that sensation take me next? And then just kind of following those breadcrumbs and then beginning to ask yourself questions. And I found this to be such a good question is like, what would it feel like if it felt really good? And I can tell you a little story about that if you Please want. Please do. All right. One time about a few years ago, I was getting ready to go out to dinner and I was doing my hair and I had my curling iron on and I reached over to the curling iron and I grabbed the barrel. Oh, ouch. And the thought that went through my mind is that that is the hottest expletive, expletive, expletive thing I have ever felt. And so I finished getting ready. I put ice on my hand and I started asking myself, as I had work the next day, I had eight clients scheduled. I had, and so I had, you know, I used my hands. So I put ice on it and I started to be like, okay, what would it feel like if it felt completely awesome. So what happens in that question is very interesting because it catapults you to a kinesthetic imaginative place where you, your, your body has to answer that question. Yes. What would it feel like if is, is the most powerful question. So I did that all night long and I kept the ice on it. And every time the ice came off, it was searing pain. Uh-huh. And I went to bed and I had ice on it. And then I just kept, you know, kind of living in that question. And I woke up in the middle of the night and the ice was off. And I was like, <gasps> and I realized it didn't hurt anymore. Oh, <laughs> I know it was crazy. And then the next morning I had these little pink dots and that was it. Oh, like incredible. No burning sensation, no leftover stuff, no, no um, blistering, no nothing. So it's a really powerful question. Um, 
And the, the very third pillar is, um, is called, I call it assembly. Now, again, this is not a question that we, that we entertain. The question is what's holding you together? We don't know how to answer that. (laughs) No, we don't, do we? (laughs) No, we don't. But something is, right? Something's holding you together. And I believe that it's tension. Now, if you think, if you look at a water molecule, there's tension, Mm -hmm. right? There's, there's forces, there's, there's, we call those forces tension, right? So tension is sort of like the glue of the universe. It holds things together. It binds, right? Right. And we have this tissue in our body called connective tissue. And we think that our tension goes in our muscles. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And I'll tell you why. Our muscles are designed in a ratchet system to move. They're designed to um, for the chemicals in, in that system to bind and move and bind and move. Right. So it is not designed to hold. It sucks at it. Mm. It's really not impressive. But connective tissue, now there's a structure that's designed to hold, and it's really impressive. It'll hold really well. So if when I said you're de- when you deviate from alignment, you need a structure, it's that connective tissue that gets recruited to support that deviation from alignment. So our body is full of tension and we need it to hold us together. But here's the problem. Most people are using tension in the wrong places. And that's why they get progressively stiff over time. If, however, there's a a system that I call the core container and there's some very strong um, reasons why I call it the core container. And there's um, some distinctions between the core, as most people know it, and the core container. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you start to redistribute the tension in your body into this structure that's designed to hold you together, then you are more relaxed, your movement becomes freer and easier. And I actually have a theory um, about... Um, the collagen. So there are, if you don't mind my sort of going off on a rant, let me right. know. Are, are you okay with this? Yeah, I am. I'm very fascinated okay. with this. You know. <laughs> um, so two things happen concurrently when people age. One is their skin gets thinner and they get increasingly stiffer. Okay. Right. Would you agree with that? I would. Yeah. Okay. So we have this raw material called collagen and collagen is in the, the skin, mm-hmm. right? And collagen is also in these structures, these connective tissue structures, these fascial structures. Mm -hmm. So what if, this is just a theory, but I think there's some, I think it holds some water. Um, What if there was so much, remember I said you had to deviate, deviate, deviate and continue. That continues unabated until you die, basically, unless you go back to the design. Mm -hmm. So this architecture, think of a scaffolding inside that's continuing to get built. So you're going to need that raw material from somewhere. What if the raw material gets leached from the skin because it's a higher priority for the body to hold itself together than to have, you know, more robust skin? Right. The body is always about priorities and there's nothing that happens in the body that doesn't make sense from that perspective. It is always, there's always a reason for it everything that happens. That's an interesting theory. It really is. And our skin loses 
uh, elasticity as well. Elasticity. And is that part of the fact, you know, it's drawing away from our skin, it's drawing some of that elasticity? Is that part of your theory? I do think so. Yeah. And of course, tension in the body shows up in the face, which, you know, everyone's focused on the face, right? With yeah. um, youth, right? Yes. I'm, I focus a lot on youth because I, I was old at 35 and now I'm, I'll be 61 next week. And um, unbelievable, unbelievable, it, because you're so yeah. vibrant and so alive. I would never, never think you were that age. Yeah, it's crazy. My contemporaries are thinking about retiring and I'm like, I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the projections for us are for for our aging, you know, we don't know we don't know what the end point is. We've assumed it's one thing, but you know, we've been increasing that that longevity for the past century, you know, or two, right? So yeah. so we don't really and then there's biblical projections of like, I don't know, 200, 500, I don't know. But but when I when I when I when you look at the body in its design, you really understand that it's built to last. Yes. And that when it when it breaks down, that means we're misusing it or misunderstanding it. And is meditation a part of your life, Erin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. What does it look like for you? Well, a lot of my meditation is focused on my body. Like I said, I'm kind yes. of in that bodyfulness. Not always, right? I, I, I'll, I do different kinds. But mm-hmm. a lot of times my attention, because, I'm, because I spent 20-some 20, 20 years um, really focusing on my sensations, that's where I tend to go when I close my eyes is, sure. is into my sensations. And I've, and I've reclaimed my body. You know, we think, again, we think about aging as being like in the face or whatever. It's really mm-hmm. about how we move. It's, right. we, we don't realize that we're unconsciously calculating people's age by how well they move. Interesting. I think that's true. Yes. Yeah. So, so my meditation is focused on how do I feel and how could I feel better? So I, so I really, you know, most people's radar, like I said, they're set on pain because they think pain is the worst thing. Yes. A lot of people do. Right. And, and I get it. I did too. But in, in my education process of spending this much time in my body, I found that tension. So if you lower your radar and start noticing tension, that tells a very different story. And that tells the story of your long-term um, ability to move. I do this exercise with people where I have them close their eyes and focus on, just begin to acknowledge where the tension lives in their body currently. And then I imagine that they turn up a volume knob so that that, in, that tension increases, 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 increases. Right. And I say, okay, that's a decade. Uh. And then I do it a little faster, a little more, a little more, a little more. That's two decades. And then I do that a third time. And by that time, people feel like they're in that Iron Maiden, right? Like they don't want to move because their body's so tense. And this is what I mean by the slow, gradual changes that we're not aware of. So I've gotten, I've gotten so, this is fascinating. I mean, I've gotten so over time, gotten so attuned to to that kind of thing that I'm starting to like, literally disassemble the architecture, the deep, the holding that, that basically has fear at its root, fear or protection or resistance. Those are all flavors of the same kind of thing. But, you know, so for me, it's been my mindfulness practice. My meditation is really about getting to the root where I can feel the fear 
at the base of a sensation. And that's fascinating to me. Erin, can you tell a story of a client's transformation that you've helped through oh, the yeah. Birch Method? Sure. I mean, yeah, I can tell a bunch, but um, so I, I, I just got a testimonial today. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. From a woman. Uh, I'll t- I'll, I can read it to you, actually. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I did a VIP day with her and um, a VIP day with me is six hours uh-huh. where we go back to the drawing board and and build your body up in a whole new way. And then I spend all the time that, that we're together training you into that place and teaching you how to stay there, which is really, um, you know, it's, it's unusual to get that kind of training. Nobody does that. Right. And that's the key is learning how to stay there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you, when you leave a physical therapist or chiropractor or massage therapist office, their influence stops when you walk out the door. And I'm like, that wasn't okay with me as a PT. It's like, they would come back with the same body. And I was like, but we did such good work. And they'd be like, I don't know what I did. And so I've started to unravel the patterns that, 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 that people use to paint themselves into the corner that they don't like being in. That's what I mean by the trunk. (laughs) Right. Being in the trunk is, you know, you unconsciously paint yourself into these corners and then you wonder how did I get here and who can help me get out of it. And I'm like, okay, this is how you got there. This is the driver's seat. This is how you got there. And now if you do this other thing, you'll get a different result. Really, really revolutionary. No one's doing this. No, I'm impressed. I think this is wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So here's the, um, so here's what she wrote. If you do one thing this year, hire Aaron. The Birch Method and working with Aaron will change your life. After one VIP session with her and integrating the Birch Method into my routine, um, my years of nagging hip and knee pain have disappeared. Oh, wow. I travel over 100,000 um, miles per year in my career. And for the first time, I've gotten off the plane without stiffness and pain. I have more energy and more stamina than I did in my 40s. Erin is the best at what she does, period. So that was just from today. Wow, (laughs) glowing. What a glowing, glowing testimonial. I, I, you know, I, I sort of feel like I'm Humpty Dumpty's answer. Like after all the King's horses and all the King's men, (laughs) you know, like I actually, I do give people their body back and it's, it's the most rewarding thing for me and and so heartbreaking i mean i know that i'm revolutionary and i know that people don't really have a chip for what i do so it's a little challenging sometimes to speak into people are like i'm fine and i'm like okay i get that and um i'm like the the crazy person like on the shores of a, of a river that people are kind of just kind of partying um, their way down. And I'm like, there's a waterfall. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> screaming and waving my arms and they're just like, cheers, you know, um, there, there's no, there's no, there's no consciousness. I mean, before people started eating organic vegetables and fruits, those original people were thought to be a little crazy. Right. You know, uh-huh. But, and then, you know, it's like, I've, I've, I'm like Columbus. I've gone to the edges of the earth. I know it's round and I'm coming back going, it's round, it's round. And people are like, it's 
flat. <laughs> I so, love your metaphors. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so it's so interesting, you know, when I I and I literally like when people have stopped working with me. I used to live in a small town in Massachusetts and so I would see people, you know, on the street yeah. and when they were working with me, I could I could see the difference and when they stopped working with me, I could see their aging process grab hold and take them down and they didn't even know it. Mm. It's wow. crazy because because mindfulness has not really been a part of the body. Yes. Right? And actually, oh, this is fascinating. Bruce, you'll love this. I was at a meditation retreat and I was sitting and I was marveling at this man's clarity. And he was the leader of the of the retreat was so like he was talking and teaching. And I was like, and we were meditating, it was great. And then he stood up. And he had been meditating for 50 years. So I get that he had been in a sitting position for extended periods of time. Right. But I also know that if your awareness, if your consciousness is steeped in the body, you won't get that same result. He was so stiff and he had to have help getting up. Because, and I thought, what a shame, you know, you, so we think enlightenment or the pursuit thereof is sort of from the neck up. Yes. And I'm here <laughs> to put a stake <laughs> in the ground for your body, because if you outlive your body, it is not pretty. I've worked in nursing homes. I've worked in hospitals. Yeah. I know that, and those people did not plan to get there. No. But they didn't plan not to. And mm. I'm all about the plan not to. Well, I'm fascinated and I want to move forward by asking you five quick answer questions, Aaron. Absolutely. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? You know, I'm just going to say yoga. I lived for four years in a yoga ashram. So I, you know, I, I get the wholeness of yoga. I lived the lifestyle. It wasn't just, you know, spending time all day on the mat. It was about service. It was about devotion. It was about all those things, about meditation. It was about pranayama. It was about all those things. So, How has mindfulness affected your emotions? I'm so much better than I was. (laughs) Um, So, you know, mindfulness is your savior in terms of your emotions because when you get triggered, if, if there's no space for awareness, you are just, shit out of luck <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah, you, you can do. you can do therapy all day long but if there's no place for consciousness to be the crowbar i i think i think of mindfulness as being a crowbar you know um awareness mindfulness attention mm-hmm. you can call it whatever but um you know it's the crowbar that gets in between there and opens things up so you can you can you can insert your witness and and start to make changes from that place. Great. I like that. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. <sighs> breathing. Oh, wow. I would love to do a lot more pranayam. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more. I think it's probably, you know, arguably the most potent thing that we can do. And I don't do it as much as I want to. Um, it literally, it's the subtle, it's the subtle stuff. It's the little things. It's the millimeters. I've got to tell you, my work is all about like living into the millimeters because that's where change happens. And, and pranayam's like that. Um, and I, I, it's actually interesting, Bruce, because with all of my training for the last year and a half, I've been waking up feeling like my rib cage is just jammed. Can't breathe. Wake up in the morning, 
not not gasping for breath, but mm-hmm. it certainly isn't free, right? And it's now it's after a year and a half doing my my mindfulness in my body, my bodyfulness practice, it's much better. And and I'm getting more aware. Like that's what I mean by, you know, when we live the questions in our bodies, stuff shows up, right? It doesn't show up fast necessarily, but it does show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm much better. Um, but breathing is like, again, like, you know, oxygen. Oh my God. <laughs> Why are we not, why are we not doing everything we can all day long to increase that, right? If you think about the size of your lungs, it's about the size of a a two liter bottle on each Mm -hmm. side, roughly, and watch how most people breathe. This little tiny, tiny breaths. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of it. um, And I'm, I'm getting better and better at it. Aaron, if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that book be? Ooh, gosh, I've got a bunch of them. Um, especially with regard to the body, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's there's something called um, Mind Body Code, which is fascinating. Okay. And then there's um, something. Um, this is another book um, called Body Wise. Okay. It's by Rachel Carlton uh, Abrams. And both of those are different, you know, sort of correlative uh, kinds of works that relate to, I I give these to my, my uh, VIP clients, my body mastery clients. Um, The, the body, the mind body code is, is really like, it's that emotional interface with your, with your sensations and body wise is all about, again, just kind of following more from a, from an overall health period uh, perspective. So, yeah, both good books. Well, thanks for that. And I'll put both of those books, Mind, Body, Code, and Body Wise, into mm-hmm. the show notes. So you can okay. check it out at mindfulnessmode.com, listeners. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And you were going to say something, weren't you? I was. There's another, there's another book that I recommend to my, my Body Mastery clients that I give them, actually. It's called yeah. uh, something like eight, eight Steps to a Better Back or something. It's by Esther Gokhale and it's G-O-K-H-A-L-E. Um, she's She does some work that's somewhat similar to mine um, from a posture perspective. I do a little bit more, but she teaches people about alignment and posture and she's amazing. When I get my podcast, I'm going to have her on. <laughs> that's going to be exciting. And do you know what your podcast is going to be called yet, Erin? I don't, but I, you know, um, I, at first I thought I want it to be called the voice in your head, um, mm-hmm. but it's already taken. Okay. So, so I think I want to, you know, and I remember when I was at the ashram, there was a book called skillful means. And I, I just love the thought of, of living skillfully. So something like skillful living or a skillful life or something like that, living mm-hmm. a skillful life. I don't know, something like that. I don't have the exact name, but it's coming up. Aaron, do you use any apps to help you to be more mindful or do you recommend an app that maybe some of your clients use? I haven't really investigated that, but that's, I'd actually like one um, to be, I'd I'd like to create one that has to do with um, focusing on body sensations because, you know, again, we don't put our attention on our body or in our body. And if we feel pain, we run the other way. And I'm like- um, actually you need to go into it fearlessly and courageously and learn from the pain because it's like, we're, we're, we're first responders to the fire. Right. So we <laughs> need we, to embrace we the pain. 
we need to embrace it. And I don't mean that in a, in a heartless way. Like it's yes. really, it's really about um, becoming um, intimate with your sensations and, and by calling it pain, actually pain is usually um, the original sensation plus protection. And that's what, that's what we call pain. If you remove the protection, then the original sensation is usually way less and much more approachable. But because we're afraid of pain and we have this natural sense, this natural tendency to kind of surround it with protection. And I totally understand it's not making anybody wrong. I did it for years. It's all good. But the thing is, is that it's not that helpful. Right. <laughs> and in fact, it's probably the worst thing you can do. But you don't know that until you no. actually start to disassemble it. Of course. Erin, how can Mindful Tribe connect with you and learn more about what you do? Ooh, um, well, I have a website. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's um, The Birch Method, B, um, B-U-R-C-H, Birch with a U, yeah. thebirchmethod.com. And um, I'm actually really excited, Bruce, because I'm launching a program this fall and it's called the Ageless Goddess Sister Mind. And it's a year-long deep dive with a tight-knit community of, of um, a small group where we just we just live the question. And I and I love living questions because I think it's super powerful. Einstein said, you know, it's not about getting the answers, it's about living the question. So um, so it's about what are the secrets for being juicy for life? Because our life projections, like I said, we could live another 50 or 60 years. And how are you going to make sure that you are metabolizing life, which is where mindfulness comes in, right? How are you metabolizing life in such a way that you're, you continue to be engaged, alive, juicy, younger, um, fit, and, and not outliving your body? So is this a program that some of our listeners could become involved with, the Ageless Goddess Sister Mind? Yes. Um, so on my website, there's a, there's a contact form. Okay. So contact me. I'd love to talk to anybody interested in, um, it's obviously for women. It's for midlife women specifically mm-hmm. from like 40 to 65 um, who really, you know, see the writing on the wall and they, and they want to they wanna change. And is it like weekly meetups or how does this look? Um, great question. It's, um, it's three Zoom calls a week mm-hmm. with this small tribe. And then it's, um, and then it's some, uh, some calls with me specifically. But mm-hmm. then it's three amazing immersive retreats in awesome places around the world. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, really, really magnificent and exclusive, and um, where we where we just go deeper and deeper with each other, with the container, with the information. Um, the 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 core um, principles are embodiment because you you need your body to live that long, and the and the section second one is sexual reclamation, really like getting into a place where you can connect with the juiciness of your own life, and the third module or the third big. Um, retreat is um, play creativity and purpose like really plugging into what are you going to what are you going to use to fuel you through and and, and impact the people around you um, through your entire life so I'm super excited about it mindful tribe this is so well worth looking into check it out the birchmethod.com is the website and don't forget it's b-u-r-c-h the birch method 
Com. Check out Erin. She's vibrant. She's alive. She's an incredible healer and she can heal you. She can take you to a great new place. So it's been wonderful talking with you, Erin. I'm very inspired and impressed by what you do. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. It's been a delight to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Oh, God, yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I hope to connect up with you again soon. Thanks. Sounds great. Okay, bye, Erin. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.